0: COVID-19, I'm sure we're going to be happy when we don't hear those words anymore. Social distancing. Are you six feet apart? Are you washing your hands? Are you coughing into your sleeve? Well, you probably don't do that anymore because you're in your home and you can kind of do what you want in your home, but oh my, we'll be happy when this is over. I just, I want to let you know that we probably have two more weeks Uh, depending on where you are, depending on what region you're in. But here in New Hampshire, we probably have two more weeks for this peak to take place. If you've been watching the news, and I would encourage you to take a break from the news. It's good for your mental health. Take a break from the news. But if you've been watching the news, you realize that uh, this is having a toll on a lot of people. New York City, obviously, one of the hot spots in the the loss of life is significant. Today I'm gonna to be talking about the loss because COVID-19 has stolen something from all of us. Would you agree? But we're gonna move this, this conversation from loss to hope. So today we're gonna to be talking about the six stages, the six stages that move us from loss to hope. Here in the state of New Hampshire, the University of Washington projects that the coronavirus will claim about 337 lives here in New Hampshire, probably peak around April 21st. So you might not experience that level of loss. You might know somebody who loses somebody from the coronavirus. But but it has taken something from us. And I want you to think about those places of loss. For some of you, you've lost a job. Others, you've lost opportunities. I, I know we've talked about this in previous messages. My daughter, who's a senior, she lost part of her senior year. And it's hard. And there's a lot of emotion that goes with that. Some of you, senior have seen your retirement counts go down. You've lost some value what you felt. Stay steady, by the way. Stay steady. Don't make any rash decisions on your retirement accounts. They will bounce back up. And every single one of us processes these emotions differently. Now, if you have your phone, I'm going to be a little interactive with you uh, this morning. So I want you to tell me a little bit about how you've reacted to COVID-19 emotionally. What are the things that you, have, that you have struggled with? For some, let me give you some examples. It might be that you've responded out of anger, anxiety, fear. You became more aggressive, more passive, or you experienced denial. So go ahead and type right in some of those things in the chat box. Um, so things that you've experienced. And if I'm not seeing any chats come in, I've got my phone here. If I'm not seeing chats go in, it's either me or it's you or the live is down. But I'm going to chat something to you. Do you hear me? Question mark. Let me see if you respond. Okay. So, so what are those things that are you experiencing? And being I'm not getting any responses, it means... That somehow either I'm off or you're off. I'm going to try to refresh this. What are those emotions that you have felt? I know for oh, I've got some in here. Anxiety is is some of them. I'm going to keep scrolling down. Fear. Thank you, Deb, for saying anxiety. I do believe that's Deb, um, my wife's college roommate that is watching probably from Binghamton, New York. So, welcome, Deb. So, yes, here we go sadness. Um, you've been feeling grateful, maybe avoidance. Thank you, DRE, Dre. Pete, delay. There's a sense of delay, sleeplessness. Mr. A, thank you so much. Blake, helplessness. Julia, I'm scared to admit it, annoyance of those of you who have kids at home during this time. <laughs> Thank you, Julia. And because we're almost a minute delay, um, these things are coming in here. So that's why I was a little bit behind there. Frustration, JB. Another anxiety, Johnny Rockwell, anxiety. Grateful to be with family. Overwhelmed, Sandra. Ron is saying, God is teaching me to be still and know that he is God. Troy, loss of income. Vicki, disappointment. So here's all of these things that we've, we've experienced loss. And I'm going to go through these six stages in a moment. Before I go there, I want to read for you Philippians 3, 8 through 10. I'm just going to read the first part, 8. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi. He says this, "'Indeed, I count everything as loss.'" Can you just say loss out loud? Say it right now, loss, and you're looking around and just kind of like, you're either home alone or you're with your family. It's like, I just said that. I feel awkward doing it. Say loss. "'Because of the surpassing worth "'of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. "'For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things "'and count them as rubbish.'" in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having any righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know, this is important, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. We're going to be celebrating that next week, Easter, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death becoming like him in his death. Now, if you go to verse 7 before that, it says he, he's like, all these things that I thought were, I was gaining, now I count them as loss. So I first want to reorient our thinking because we know that we've lost something during this time. But could it be the very things that we're losing pales in comparison to the very things that we could be gaining? We're going to walk through those stages. So here we go. I'm going to draw these stages here a little bit for us. Hopefully everybody can see this. Okay. So this is the the six stages of going from loss to hope. Everybody need a little bit of hope right now, right? Okay. Six stages of loss to hope. So the first one though is. This is interesting because, and we're, we're going to be looking at this also as it relates to uh, the Apostle Peter, because what happened on this Palm Sunday that we celebrate, the disciples were in the upper room, they thought Jesus is going to be this conquering king, um, to over, overthrowing the Roman Empire, and a lot took place in about a week's time, and I was reflecting on that, it was like just three weeks ago, everything was happening so rapidly everything seemed like it just turned on its head, and I'm sure that's what Jesus' followers felt as well. So the first step is your current reality or expectation. So, so you, you're starting with a current reality or expectation. You think this is how life is going to go, Right? You think this is what's going to happen. You have an expectation, your current reality, and then what happens is you have an unexpected change, or there was just a change event, a change event that took place. Okay, we've experienced that. We had an expectation, life's just going to go on. We're going to senior year, going to be in sports, my sports team, we're going to watch sports on TV, we're going to go to this concert, we're going to, you know, our work is going to be this way. And then all of a sudden, a short amount of time, there was an unexpected or there was a change event. And what takes place after that change event is you experience loss. Now, a lot of people don't necessarily have identified that, but it's really important for you to identify the losses that you have felt during this time because it's going to help you actually once you identify them go to the next step which is you have to let your expectations and the what you thought was reality you have to allow it to die to die and you actually have to bury it So, so what takes place after you experience that loss, and then you're willing to let it die, in other words, the expectations, what you thought was going to happen, I'm just going to use a very real experience to us, in our home, my daughter, I mean, we've got graduation parties, there's a prom, there's, you know, award ceremonies, there's all these things that um, my daughter was class president, you know, she was, had these expectations, and so do we as parents. So not only is she experiencing loss, but we as parents are experiencing loss. And so then we have to come to this place of acknowledging the loss, and and by the way, there's tons of emotions in here. And can I just tell you that that it's okay to have emotions. Anger is okay. Now don't take it out on somebody. There's such a thing as holy anger. There's such a thing as righteous anger. There's also a thing as sinning in your anger. Don't do that last one. But but it's okay to have these emotions that we've talked about, fear, anxiety. Now, as you're going through that, though, you can't stay there. That's where it becomes unhealthy. And you move to this place where you're willing to bury a dream, a thought, an idea, an expectation. You've got to let it die, and you bury it, which means you're not going to resurrect it. And as you resurrect, what gets resurrected, though, is really important after this. So here's what this another important step. Grief. I before E except after C. Here we go. You know how that works. So grief. You've got to come to that place of it's okay. So we got one step, current reality, unexpected change event. We have loss. We've got to die to that expectation, bury it. But then you experience... Grief. And again, this is really important, really important. Grieving is important. To grieve that loss is important. And the reason it is important is because it allows time to prepare you for what gets next. But but I want to encourage you, this this grief, a lot of people struggle with both of these ones, four and five. And And I'll tell you why. Because they don't want to let go of the expectation. They don't want to let go of their, what they thought should be. So they hold on, hold on, and hold on, and so they've experienced a loss, but they're not willing to allow it to go, bury it, and or they're not allowing themselves to grieve it. So this is the ones who just kind of like, I want to ignore this situation. I don't want to turn on any news. I just want to pretend everything's normal. And, uh, and that's not reality, though. It's important that you go through this grief. The other part is some people get these orders mixed, and they start to grieve for a very long time if they switch this order, and they grieve, 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 and they're not willing to bury an expectation. And so the grief carries on way longer than it needed to be. I just want to give some encouragement. I know the change has been hard. And we're going to be talking about Peter's life here in a moment. Change has been hard. But as you bury and then allow grief to take place, then what you find after that is what's really important. This is the hope. There is new hope. And there's new purpose. Sorry if you can't read this too well. You can just follow along. New hope and new purpose that gets birthed from this. And here's the thing, this new hope and this new purpose can never be accomplished without this process. Without these stages, there had to be something that takes place, something that was an expectation that it has to, a change event that has to have something lost as experience for you to die and bury and go through grief for this new purpose to take place. There's this incredible verse that I want to share with you. Jesus says that unless a seed doesn't fall to the ground, in other words, there has to be a season of death, right? A plant comes to maturity. The seed falls to the ground. It can't produce fruit. In John chapter 12, And actually, Jesus is talking about his own life right here. There's so many parallels to the expectation um, and burial and resurrection as well to this, but we are going to focus on Peter. But this is what Jesus says. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. There's that death time, that, that, that time of dying and falling to the ground. Unless it does, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And I think this is the stage that our world is going through that gives me such hope. We're moving into a renewal time for the world. Because there's so much loss taking place at the same time. But what I want to encourage us is that we can come to the place of finding the hope quicker if we understand the stages involved in this. So I also then want to come to the the life of Peter. So Peter the Apostle, one of Jesus' disciples. Uh, This is Palm Sunday. So triumphal entry, right? So here it is. There's an expectation that Jesus, the Messiah, the coming King, is going to conquer the Roman Empire, And they're thinking, we're on the inn, we're going to have positions with Jesus, like we're one of the 12, we got this, triumphal entry, riding in on a colt, palm branches, laying down their uh, coats, coming in like uh, a servant king, really, though. He's coming on a donkey, not a horse, but a king nonetheless. And then a change event happens. Jesus gets arrested how can this be? I thought Jesus was going to overthrow. Okay, now he's experiencing loss and he has an emotion with that loss. Remember, emotions are okay. I wouldn't recommend doing this one. Jesus gets uh, arrested. Peter pulls out a sword, cuts off the ear of a soldier. Don't do that at home. (laughs) I'm not advocating for that type of violence. But that's his emotion, right? He's now experienced loss. His expectation, change event. Now he has loss. Not only did he come to that place of taking a sword and cutting. Now he's at a place of denial, right? Jesus is taken. He's going to be uh, charged, and people are like, "Aren't you? Aren't you associated with Jesus?" Like I didn't. I, I never knew him. He, he's going into denial. I'm like I want to remove myself from this situation. I know a lot of us feel that way. We just want to remove ourselves from the situation. But can I tell you what? That God is doing something so amazing through this situation. Now, there is loss. I understand. You have loved ones that are suffering. I am not trying to make this be about like happy dance time. It's painful. I understand. But on the backside of that pain, remember, Jesus says, well, we'll get to that verse what Jesus says. It's really important. Because death is not the final, um, the final chapter of your life. So then what happens? He goes into denial, and then um, Jesus is crucified, and what does he do? He, he dies to this dream. He dies to the dream that he thinks he's going to be somebody important in this new kingdom that Jesus is establishing, but it wasn't what he expected, So much so that he goes through this grieving time and he kind of, you know, works through his sorrow going back into the boat being a fisherman. Peter was a fisherman. He went back to what he knew. And I I think going back to the basics during this time is not a bad thing. Go back to what you know. Go back to the Word of God. Go back to your relationship with Jesus. Go back to praying. Go back to what you know and allow God to minister to you in that grief. But I want to let you know, he's out, Peter's out here fishing. After Jesus' crucifixion, his burial, 3 days later, Jesus conquers the grave. Can I hear an amen on that one? Amen. <laughs> We're under 10 people here, right? We're under 10. Okay. So, so he conquers the grave. Then Jesus in his resurrected body goes after Peter, calls him in off of fishing, and then reinstates him with a greater purpose. See, Peter thought that he had a position with Jesus. His expectation was this position that he was going to have, like, I'm on the in crowd with Jesus. And and he had to experience all this loss, this pain, this grief, to come, and Jesus goes after him. By the way, some of you need to understand this, that Jesus will come after you. He will. He'll find you. He'll come after you. And by the way, what he said to Peter, he says, Peter, you're not a failure. I know you had a lot of heavy reaction over there. You, you, you reacted out of anger by chopping off that ear. By the way, Peter, you denied me three times. You know, it doesn't feel great to be denied, but, but I understood, Peter, But can I tell you what? It never was about a position with me. It was always about a purpose that I had for you and my church. His purpose was so much greater than his position ever would be. And when we come to that place of understanding that that God has a purpose for us in this, and realizing that sometimes we've positioned our lives in such a way that, you know, We've got our retirement accounts, we're busy at work, we're giving our kids sport activities, we're making sure they're full and complete people, we're busy, 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 and we realize it takes moments like this for us to realize that God is actually repositioning us to a greater mission than just a position. So today I want to bring us to that place of understanding that there is hope to be found. There's hope to be found here today. I am not diminishing the loss that is felt by everybody. COVID-19 has touched every single one of us, some in greater ways than others. But today, just today, I hope that you can understand that, that the process, the stages of moving from loss to hope are stages, and that's just it. Determine where you're at in the stages. Give yourself permission to feel. I know a lot of people have felt their emotional health is really struggling. But I want to encourage you, that's not a bad thing. Just acknowledge where you're at in the process. But the sooner you can get to that place where you can die to those things that you thought were important, that you thought were the reality of your expectations, have a little mini funeral for them. And it's important to grieve. Feeling is so important. It's okay to mourn the loss. Mourn it. Cry. Go through that process. But again, you can't stop at the mourning stage. You can't stop at the grief stage. You've got to be then, be aware of where Jesus is because Jesus is at the shoreline of your life right now. Or he'll be at the shoreline of your... Well, why Jesus never leaves you, but the analogy I'm taking, he's, there's this time where Jesus is going to show up and say, hey, I've got a greater purpose for you. I've got a greater purpose for you. There's a great verse in Philippians, and this is where I was saying, Philippians 1, chapter 19. And this is Paul writing. This is not Peter's writing. This is the Apostle Paul's writing, but he understood the same thing that Peter had to walk through. He himself, you know, had to, he had, my word, Paul had great successes in the world's eye. Then God met him on the road to Damascus and kind of rocked his world and reprioritized some things. A lot of big change events. By the way, he experienced a prison change event. I'm sure there's a lot of grief in that process. But he came to this place of understanding that he says this. You'll see it on your screen. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In other words, his reorientation was as long as I'm alive here on this earth, my life needs to be about Jesus. For me to live is Christ. In other words, for me to live, it's about Jesus and his purpose, his mission for me here on earth. But... For if I'm going to die, which all of us will die at one point, but if I were to die, by the way, it's not loss, it's actually gain. Because he had that confidence to know who he was in Christ Jesus. I think it's easy if you go back to, well, not easy. I think it's interesting. If you go back to Peter's life, remember Peter, he was the one that was afraid in the boat when the storm came and he thought he was going to lose his life that was early where, when when Peter first was hanging out with Jesus and he went through these change events and went through loss and went through grief he had to bury some expectations but you know at the very end of Peter's life he basically says that he, he, he doesn't want to be crucified it, it's told to us that Peter most likely was crucified. But you know what? The crucifixion for Peter, he wanted to be actually crucified upside down because he didn't think he was worthy to be crucified like Jesus. How, what was the change for Peter who was afraid to lose his life in the storm to one who was like, hey, I'm going to die, but you know what? I know it's going to be rough, but I'll even die upside down. He had no fear of death. I think it's because his his understanding of who Jesus was was radically shifted. His understanding was it wasn't just about getting through life and having a good life. It was about a life on mission with Jesus. And so as he pursued that mission with Jesus, he began to have this relationship with him that he had an understanding that was far beyond what he ever had as a fisherman. Today, I want us to use this time where Jesus seems to be moving in our world, not just here in New Hampshire, not just from wherever you're watching from. Jesus is moving in this world, preparing us for this renewal season where he's preparing every person to be on mission, but it's going to take our worlds to be shocked to realize, okay, were the things that I was focusing on really the right things? to the things that I cared so much about, should I be caring so much about them? I know for me, it's been a great time of reflection of those things that are important. I know it's also for me been a time where I've come to that place of just like peeling away all the unnecessary and really focusing on those few things that will posture and position my life to be prepared for what Jesus has next. So, yes, grieve. Yes, go through a lost time. Yes, be willing to bury those things. And, and some of you need to hear this today. It's okay to bury it, it's okay to bury that dream, it's okay, okay to bury that expectation because Jesus is going to birth something so magnificent on the other side of it but you gotta let Jesus do that process you gotta let Jesus do that birthing of it I know it's hard it's been hard on all of us but have courage have faith in the one who will do something so significant through this Welcome to Church Online, my name is Pastor Mark and I just wanna say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road, we just wanna say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live, on your computer or on your device, we wanna say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.